Part two. You guys, some of you come back, so you didn't feel judged last week, right? But there's a lot here. We'll get to it. Let me pray quickly. And I want you to see the comedy that Jesus is using, the actual comedy. Jesus is and was when he was here on earth funny, believe it or not. So um, he was actually somewhat peculiar and used satire at times, not as much as the Old Testament prophets, but he is a funny guy and he wants to be funny with us. You ever broach a serious subject and bring a little bit of humor? It's actually a good technique. There's some wisdom from Jesus. Right? If, if you've got to talk about something serious, a little humor helps. So let me pray and we'll dive in. Father, help me and help us. Let us see the truth, the, the almost scathing truth that you have told us in the world. How you judge other people will be the measure of mercy used to judge us. Help us see that, but live in the tension of what that brings in September in 2016 in an election year in America. Help us. Let me be faithful to your word and have your son have his way with our hearts and minds. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week we learned a couple things. The first thing we learned is don't judge. Ooh. You don't get very far if you're in a room with a bunch of Christians and say, don't judge. Because one thing Christians, all of us, are pretty good at is what? Making judgments. We have to make some judgments. But dealing with spiritual realities, dealing with scathing judgments, Jesus says, don't do it. And we learned even last week, Paul would come later and say, don't judge people outside of the faith. He says, I don't do it. How many of you love Paul? Paul was amazing. Paul was an expert, by the way, in many things. Again, he was a disciple, so there's no really experts, but he was an expert in a few things. He was an apostle, and he himself said to a church, don't worry about them outside, quote-unquote, this body right now. Let's deal with our own stuff. And he was dealing with a very serious matter in 1 Corinthians 5. And then we also learn, if we must judge, do so with extreme what? Mercy. It's almost begrudgingly. You ever been there? It's come to this. You ever have that talk with someone? I've tried and tried and I've surrounded and I've loved and I've modeled and I've discipled, but guess what? It's come to this, but when we judge, judge with mercy. Use the mercy given in the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? Love God and love others. There's lots of mercy in love even when making judgments, even when dealing with someone like in Corinth who was having an extramarital affair with their mother-in-law. Sometimes that happens in churches, even way back then. Weird things happen. You judge and deal with mercy. So why? They would see the mercy of Christ as opposed to the way of the world or Satan and turn and be reconciled to Jesus, right? Mercy melts hearts. Law breaks them. Amen? How many of you have kids? How many were you real strict with your first child? And then you got a little wisdom. And yeah, you, you towed the line, but what? I can run the house with mercy. Some of you young folks who are married who don't have kids yet, don't be a tyrant at home. It will work for about 14 years. And then your kids might talk to you on holidays the rest of your life. Ooh, it got real quiet in here. Because you know I'm what? You know I'm right. Because the Bible and Christ is right. That's what Jesus is getting at, right? So, so if we judge, when we're called to judge, what there's times we have to judge 
Do so with mercy. So real quick, scriptures, here we go. Matthew 7, verse 1. We just read it, but let's see it. Do not judge. The preacher wasn't lying. That's what Jesus said. That you be not judged. Verse 2. For with the judgment you pronounced, you will be judged. That's scary, by the way. Because <laughs> I've done some judging. Anybody have some judging in here? But we want to be what? Recovering judges as we walk with Jesus, right? We want to get a little better at showing mercy. We want to get a little better at going what? I probably don't know the whole story. Amen? I'm not sure if that's what they meant, even though I'm pretty sure. But amen, right? I might have mentioned it last week, but we judge our own actions by what? Our intentions, and we judge other people by their actions. That's the hard part, right? Steve screws up. I can say that because he's a good bro. He really meant in his heart not to screw up. He didn't. He's a good guy. He knows Jesus. He's trying to walk and live in peace. But if I am honored, I go, I don't care what Steve's intentions were. He screwed up. So we got to be careful. That's what Jesus is really getting at in verse 2. Try and be measured with mercy. Connor Prevost, come here. Can you put the next verse up to me? This is a famous one, verse 3. Jesus really meant that, by the way. You wore the right shirt today, too. That's awesome. Okay. Connor is a Seahawks fan. That's okay. A lot of love and mercy in the church. Amen? <laughs> the Seahawks are better than the 49ers for the past couple years. They did give away a Super Bowl, though. Here, he can cry. I know, it's hard. I know. It's tough, right? Okay. So he has volunteered to be the gentleman who has a log in his eye. Can you hold that? Hold on. Can you just hold it, or do you want me to tape it onto you? Okay, here we go. Look way back there at Mr. Khan. Wave, Mr. Khan. Wave. Mr. Khan is a snazzy dresser, by the way. Have you ever seen him dress? He's got style. I don't, so I can say that. Shout at the top of your lungs. Mr. Khan, your outfit is terrible. Mr. Khan, your outfit is terrible. That's funny, right? That's funny, right? Because one... Mr. Khan doesn't dress terribly. Check out his shoes, probably. He's got, probably got nice shoes on today. It's good. But why is it also funny? Is Mr. Connor in any position to make judgments on anything, especially fashion? No. <laughs> and he looks good, but I'm talking about the what? Now go walk around. Let's even do this. Go say hi to Miss Jessica. This is what we do. Can you even say hi to her? Look what she's doing. Now go say, Miss Zelda, I like your shirt. She can't even say hi, but here's the point. He has to walk and watch where he's going with this object coming from his eye, and that's exactly what Jesus wants you to do is laugh at yourself. This isn't a scathing, though there's some serious nature. He wants his readers and us to go, oh, that's what it's like. And here's the best part is, Connor doesn't even know he's got a four-foot cardboard thing coming out of his head. He's just living life walking around, trying to say hi to people, and then Connor starts to think, why don't people say hi to me? Hi, Dave. I can't say hi to you. I can't even get near you. You sure about that? Very good. Let's hear it for Connor. Well done, well done, well done. Hold on, go back, go back. I'll call you back up. I'll call you back up. The point that Jesus is making is this. Spiritual pride in judgmentalism is more dangerous than a beer. 
because we like to grade sins in the church. I don't do it, but I'll do it for this purpose. Spiritual pride and judgmentalism to your soul is more dangerous than marijuana. I'm not saying go get drunk and have marijuana. The pastor's not saying that. He's not. But what Jesus is saying is what is so disturbing to the human soul is that we can be judgmental, arrogant, and foolish and not even know it. I work with addicts for four years at City Team. They all know they have a problem. They do. Those things are easy to see, right? They know. There's some grace in that, them knowing. But spiritual pride and judgmentalism is dangerous because Jesus says, it's funny the way you look, and here's the danger. You don't even know you look like an idiot. You walk around acting like an expert when everybody else goes, you're foolish. You're foolish. And like I said last week, the most judgmental people in the world over long periods of time, in my estimation, are lonely and grumpy because usually they're walking around with a log out of their eye and they don't even what? Know it. And by de facto, you can't even get close to them. I want to love this person, but I don't want to get nailed with a two-by-four. Amen? How many of you want to go to the ER because you're trying to help someone? It can happen, and sometimes we have to do that, especially if you're working on an ambulance for 10 years. That was fun, getting a little stitched by the doc, but whatever. But the point is, spiritual pride masks our true need. It puts us on a level as expert when we learned last week. There are no experts pursuing Jesus. There's one expert. It's him, and we are all disciples by definition We're not experts. So Jesus wants us to chuckle and go, oh, that's how I look. But I don't really have these conversations. You don't have to in 2016. Uh Uh-oh, we'll get real, real. How many logs are on the internet and people's keyboards? How many scathing posts or articles or emails or whatever we do, or text do we send with a big redwood tree coming out, and most people are nice, they just probably don't respond. We'll talk about that in a minute. So let's think about that. I'm not here to condemn. I'm here to, with Jesus, let us chuckle at ourselves, but then what? Move forward, right? Because he does talk about specs. Now, specs, next verse, we'll keep going. That's what that little comedy sketch was. Or how can you say to your brother, this was the actual playing out this verse, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye, that's what I wanted you to see. How can Connor say anything to anyone? He can't even get close to him looking that ridiculous. He can't. How many of you want to make a difference in the people that you know in their lives? All of you. You cannot make a difference. You cannot love and serve and pursue Jesus if you're walking around, nor can I, I'm not bashing you, with this in my eye. And that's what Jesus wants us to see. I'll leave it here so we can see it, right? There we go. I'm going to knock that over probably. So Jesus is being extremely loving, but also comical. It would like, this is what it would be like. Me showing up in Hollywood in February dressed like this, commentating on fashion at the Oscars. Meryl Streep, you really shouldn't wear those shoes. How foolish would I look? I would look like an idiot. 
It would like be me showing up to, here you go, Seattle today, and telling Russell Wilson how to play quarterback. I would look completely moronic. Now, Joe Montana could say a few things, right? But Joe Montana's old and out of the game, so even he is. My point is, it's really hard to be in someone's exact shoes. We can be around it, but Jesus wants us, and we'll get to the end of the sermon. I'll show you what Jesus did. How many of you knew Jesus walked around as the only speckless eye in the world the world has ever seen? That was him. Jesus had no log and no speck, and look at Jesus' life. He was walking and perusing loving people and sitting with tax collectors and prostitutes at times and all people of all manners of life having dinner, feeding, teaching. And there's an interesting thing when we think about that. Jesus is in a funny way saying, when we pronounce judgment, we often look ridiculous. How many of you like looking ridiculous? How many of you like being judged? The log in the eye, as it always was with Jesus, what was this sin per se? I tried to explain it, the spiritual pride. It is the arrogance of being the expert in religion and pronouncing your judgment on other people. That's what Jesus is getting at. Another situation happens in Matthew. I didn't give it to you, Timmy, but let's try and get there. Matthew 21, verse 28. Jesus is teaching. This is later on. This is some prophecy about the end times. This is before Calvary. He's wrapping up his ministry. And he's speaking a bit in parables in this section, but then he says this. Matthew 21, verse 28. What do you think? A man had two sons, and he went off and first and said, Son, Go work in the vineyard today. That's a pretty common request. Nowadays, I tell Kayla, Kayla, go pick up the dog mess in the backyard. That's, I have a dog. That's what I would do. Go pick up the dog mess in the backyard, okay? Verse 29, and he answered the son, I will not, but afterward he changed his mind and went. Is that obedience? I guess we can quantify it. Yes, ultimately, right? It's good. If Kayla said, I will not, Went to her room. She would never do this. She's a good, good, good girl. And then five minutes later, go, that was a rotten thing to do. I'm going to go pick up the mess. Dad would be pretty happy, right? Okay, we'll work on some things, but okay. Verse 30, Matthew 21. And he went to the other son and said the same. And he answered, I go, sir, but did not go. This happens all the time, right? Verse 31, he's putting this before the Pharisees and others, which of the two did the will of his father? They said the first one, Jesus said to them, truly I say to you, the tax collectors representing Caesar and secularism, hear this, the tax collectors and the prostitutes representing sensuality go into the kingdom of God before you. He's speaking to Pharisees. Let's stop there. With all this judgment, with all this cultural war, with all the things happening in and outside the church, Jesus speaks this 2,000 years ago to show us one thing. Hear this. Jesus has no problem with people being bad. It's his business to clean them up. Amen? 
That's what it says. He has no problem with tax collectors and prostitutes. He has a huge problem with the spiritually proud and the non-humble, the Pharisees. That's the whole thing wrapped up in Matthew. I'll say it again. Jesus Christ, the Savior of all, has absolutely no problem with people's behavior. He'll work with them. He'll deal with them. He'll grow them. He'll love them. He'll forgive them. He'll change them. But what Christ has a huge problem with is spiritual pride and arrogance. The reason he has a problem is because those types of people have no need of him, and it's the biggest affront to belief, right? As we've been learning, church, it's practical atheism. You hear the son? Yeah, Dad, I'll do whatever you want. I'm going to the Internet Cafe. That's practical atheism. That's I will say yes to my Heavenly Father with my lips or my keyboard and do whatever I want. And Jesus says, the problem with the log in the eye, it's a huge stumbling block, and the people with the log in the eye have no clue it's there. That's why it's so dangerous. It's dangerous to be the spiritual police, amen? You ever done that for a season in your life? You will get no sleep. You'll lose weight. It's a bad diet, though, because you won't sleep. You'll be angsty. You'll be concerned with everybody else and what they're doing. You'll be concerned with the culture and we're going to hell in a handbasket. Maybe true, might not be true. You'll be concerned with everything else. But the real issue is, I can't even say hi to my wife because she won't come near me. Why? Because I'll whack her in the face because she burnt the meatloaf or whatever. No, she doesn't. Obviously, she doesn't burn the meatloaf, right? I eat meatloaf. It's good. (laughs) All that to say, spiritual pride is deadly. Behaviors of people outside the church, Christ has dealt with for 2,000 years. Amen? Dealing with people with we would call serious behaviors, addicts in Oakland for four years. When they come to Christ, when they really come, um, in my experience in four years, it was never because I was shouting at them like this. <laughs> it was trying to sympathize and trying to teach the good news. And we'll talk about that as we finish. i got 11 minutes. So Jesus is unpacking this. He's showing us who and what the kingdom is for. It's for normal people with normal problems with a normal heart, which is a not overly inflated heart and not arrogant heart that's the same parable we looked at last week Luke 18 the prayers of the publican and the Pharisee the tax collector one said I'm great I'm glad I'm not like him the Pharisee's prayer was literally in Greek thank you for making me so you could know me God that's kind of the tenor of the prayer you ever been around Christians like that oh my gosh that's a quick check you ever have a quick check at a restaurant check please gotta go And the tax collector in the parable said, Lord, give me mercy. Give me mercy. Being bad is not a major hindrance at coming to Christ. Being proud is. Hear that. And let's ask God to work on our pride. It is dangerous. If you feel a tug on your heart, if you feel the Holy Spirit speaking to you, I do as well, especially preparing for two weeks, obey him. And do the heart work with the Lord. Father, humble me. Father, let me be not as judgmental as I want to be. Father, let me give grace. Father, let me give mercy. 
Verse 5, Matthew 7. Sorry, Timmy, I'm all over. That's what I'm mentioning here. Verse 5, Jesus says, You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will say clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. This is very simple, but it's very difficult. It's asking God to humble you, and as I spoke about, remove some of those judgmental attitudes from your heart. And it's not a, it's not a pain pill. I had knee surgery 10 years ago. Pain pills are great, by the way. <laughs> They're good when you need it, right? It doesn't work in 30 minutes. It's usually a seasonal and lifelong discipline we learn. Father, help me to be not as judgmental. Let me judge and make decisions with grace. Verse 6. Here's one for the books. Here we go. Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs. God is not wanting me or you to call unbelievers dogs or pigs, first of all. He's not. This is about people who don't believe. People who are not in the family of faith. And what do we say here? Yet. That's our heart, right? Is to make disciples. To see people come to know Jesus. But Jesus, in a real way, gives us a little bit of practical wisdom. Any ornery people here that like to debate? or get in conflict over things that maybe we don't need to, you guys are lying in church. <laughs> Holy, none, for the record, there's none. I don't believe that, because I know some of you. It's great, all right? Anybody like to get in a feisty conversation about things that might you disagree with someone about? It could be faith, it could be sports, Seahawks are bad, just kidding. It could be all this stuff. It could be politics, it could be origin of the earth, it could be uh, any number of issues that we talk about, vaccines, not vaccines, everything, okay? But I know you guys like to get a little, huh, and Jesus gives real good wisdom here. Don't go pick a fight. <laughs> Don't go to someone who you know has no desire and no reasoning at this point to hear you, and you know that. Don't go do that. More times than not, Jesus says, that will turn into something, and they might attack you, and then it's something we don't want, even as Christians. Wait a minute, Pastor, you're going soft. We have to confront, yada, 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 yada. No, I'm not going soft. I'm trying to go with Jesus. Jesus did not have one speck in his eye. He was only confronted by the spiritual proud. Everyone else called for him and wanted to eat with him where he shared the truth of the kingdom. What's a better model? You tell me. And we'll, that's where I'll get feisty. What's a better model? Should I go platform hounding and shouting and doing all this stuff or should I model my master and try to emulate what he did with a speckless eye what's the first thing I have to do if I'm going to model Jesus I got to get a chainsaw and with the Holy Spirit asked to get this away from me and then here's the other part how are logs made from four point billion specks right so when specks start to get back in my eye and all it means is where I can't see clearly spiritually pride or arrogance or some sin when a brother or sister comes to me I can't go Ashley how could you say that to me I have to go she's a sister she loves me I'm going to listen to her yeah thanks for helping me take that speck out of my eye so I can see clearly and in that our desire must be let's live like Jesus you know what happened I should sit down and have a chair Jesus would have dinner or meals or be around people who were sinful the Pharisees will be the Pharisees, right, guys? You're educated. You too. I'm kind of educated, so here we go. 
Did you see the shoes on Jessica Johnson today? That doesn't please God. And Russ, Russ, is, Russ is a gentleman. He's never going to chime in. I'll speak for Russ. Yeah, she doesn't love the Lord. And John would go, how could God love her? That's what the Pharisees did. That's what they did. Yet Jesus was over here with sinful people going, Jessica, how's the family? Why don't you tell me a little about your life? And then in God's grace and in God's kingdom being built, Jessica would at some point come to Jesus. Jesus, I have a few specks in my eye. I got some things that are wrong. And Jesus would have profound conversations like, I know you're looking for living water. I'll give you a water that you'll never thirst again. <laughs> and she would go, I want this. And then he would talk to her and do some things and hopefully there's obedience following. But the point is, just don't see one or two verses and don't see Psalm and other places where a spiritual man judges all things. That's the counteract. There's, there's different sects of Christianity. The real conservative, legalistic, weird people that say we're the only true church in America and all this fun stuff, they go, a spiritual man judges all things, quoting Peter and other places. But then I just lay out the Gospels before him and go, okay, you have your verse. Let's read about Jesus. So when it deals with judgment, when it deals with making scathing assumptions, Jesus first says, remove all of that spiritual pride. And here's the hard part. We can't do it alone. We must ask God for grace and mercy, and he does it, and we walk in that. And then we're to pursue Jesus. But Dave, what if someone at work is really messing up their life, and I can give them wisdom? Praise God. Do it. Don't do it the way Jesus described verse 1 and 2, though, right? Do it in the way Jesus lived. Here's what we've got to see Jesus, the true word of God, the big W, not just the verses on a page, the living Christ. What if this person is royally messing up their life? What do I do? Befriend them. Love them. Serve them. Don't lie for them. I get that. You know, don't, don't enable. Walk in Christian duty. Obey Christ. Love them. Pray for them. Pray that God would bring opportunities, and when opportunities arise, be Christ to them. Dear brother, dear sister, I know you have a mess in your life. This is what I've learned. This is what my Savior says to me. You're different, John. You don't judge me. I don't believe in judging people. I thought you Christians were judgmental. Let me tell you what Jesus teaches, because there's so much miss everything, right? But Jesus has a lot to say about judgment. That's kind of the other people who don't believe. What about the church? I only got three minutes. Uh-oh. Real quick, Timmy. 1 John 5, 13. John is finishing his first letter. He's saying some things. 1 John 5, 21 is a beautiful verse. At the end he says, do not be stained by the world. Little children. He's speaking as a father. But 1 John 5, 13. I write these things to you who believe. Christians. In the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. John is encouraging Christians. Real quickly, it's all going bad in the Near East in the first century. People are dying. People's faith is wavering. John's written a whole book to say, I'm encouraging you, hold fast. Verse 14, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. This is about prayer. Verse 15, 
And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have requests that we ask of him. Now here we go. Christians, verse 16. If anyone sees his brother committing a sin, here it quickly is, not leading to death. This is not, what's a sin leading to death? Ultimate unbelief. Apostasy and denial of Christ, okay? Big unbelief. How many other sins are there but those couple? A billion? Lying? Cheating for a season? Drinking a little bit too much? Gluttony? Unforgiveness? So if anybody sees a brother or sister, here we go, not committing a sin leading unto a death, which is apostasy, denial of Christ, that's a whole different thing John says. Look what John says to do. He shall ask God, and God will give him life. Literally, you know what it talks about? Pray that God forgives your brother or sister. I've been around church a long time. That's the first time I really studied this passage in this way. I never heard that growing up. You know what I heard in church most of my life when other Christians sin? Pray for them a bit and drop the hammer. Sometimes. But what I want to end with is if we see brothers and sisters struggling, sinning, pray that God would not only forgive them, that's what it says, but that you might be a vessel of reconciliation and intervention. May our prayer groups not be gossip sessions, amen? May our Bible studies not be, did you see what she was wearing the other day? Okay, whatever. Did you see what he said to his wife? Whatever. Let's pray for each other. This is part, I didn't have time to get there, of having that, what, log (laughs) eradicated from our eyes, folks, so we can see what? Clearly. I know Bill wouldn't mean to do that. He's a nice guy. He has well-meaning intentions. I don't know the whole story. I'm not going to rush to what? Now, if Bill were to come up here and sacrifice a goat and say, praise be the name of Zebubob, we would have to intervene. (laughs) That would be a sin leading unto death. That's called heresy and apostasy. Why don't we stand? I know this has been a two-week roller coaster in some ways. I know maybe some of your hearts have been hammered like mine about judgment because I'm a recovering judger. Let's remember what Jesus said. Don't judge. But if you do, extreme mercy, extreme grace. And as you see brothers and sisters, Christians, struggling at times, let's pray for them. Let's surround them. Let me pray and we'll be done. There's lots of fellowship time. There is a bake sale, lots of homemade goods. Throw a couple dollars in the kitty. Uh, See, everyone turn around and look at Connor. We need some funds so we can buy him a 49er shirt. How about that? (laughs) Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this group. Thank you for your son and his words. Thank you for this message of judging and not judging and when we judge and logs and specs. I pray for these people. Bless them and keep them. Be gracious to them. Let us as Christians, both in this church and in other churches, pray for each other. Ask for you to forgive us of our shortcomings. And in doing so, walk in a manner worthy of the calling. Thank you for this week. In Jesus' name, amen.